You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Welcome to the Testudo Times Weekly Podcast. We're back. Matt Levine and Lila Bromberg. We're back to talk about Maryland men's basketball, the number seven team in the nation for the third time this year, and now have won nine straight after last week's podcast. They won two straight games since then, so we'll recap those and preview the upcoming game against Ohio State this weekend. But Maryland first place in the Big Ten now with a bigger lead than just one game. I mean, they they are hot right now, to say the least. Yeah, it was interesting. Last night at Xfinity Center, they uh, showed the result of Illinois beating Penn State. We thought that Iota Sumo was going to be out, and he somehow came back really quickly. I guess the injury wasn't as bad as it looked, but the entire uh, Xfinity Center crowd just starts cheering. Maryland is now two games ahead in the standing, and I mean, it looks like they're on pace to win the Big Ten regular season title, which would be the first time they ever did that. They had a share of the ACC title back in 2010, and now it's the last time. But the last time that they won it outright was, you guessed it, in 2002. Um, and you just look at the season, and there's so many similarities to that championship year. Um, you know, we, we've said since the basketball preview podcast that so we thought this team had a shot. It's not for reasons we thought. It doesn't seem to be depth, but it seems to be just this team's great and ability to win no matter what it takes. And with that win over Northwestern, which we'll get into, Maryland is now 15-0 and in College Park, and the last time they were undefeated at home and 15-0 and was in 2001-2002. Obviously, last games back then, so that ended up being the final home record, but Maryland has a real shot right now to end the season undefeated at home, and there's just so many similarities with that championship team. Um, I mean, you can just see the resemblance in the way that this team is able to come back and win games and um, just all these little unique stats. It's certainly really, really interesting. I mean, how are you feeling just about things where things are right now? Like you said, this team is really hot. I think that they might, in, in for their sake, they, they might want to come back down to earth at some point before the postseason because you don't want to peak too early. But I think but they know that it's not their peak. I, I also don't think it is. And I think even yesterday against Northwestern, when Northwestern came back within four, three points, whatever it was in the second half, there was no doubt. It didn't seem like they were, it was like the same games where on the road when they played Northwestern, it didn't feel like that same kind of energy. And it it seemed like they were just so comfortable and confident and their shots are going to fall if they continue that mindset. I mean, they have, I think the best big men in the big 10 one of the best big men in the country in Jalen Smith. And I think they have a national player of the year candidate in Anthony Cowan. So those two guys can just do literally anything and this team will go. And I think that they don't need, we we kept saying that they had so much depth and they needed production from Aaron Wiggins and Eric Ayala and Daryl Morcel. But the past two games and basically the last nine games of the win streak has shown they don't. They don't need that. They have. They don't need all three, but they do need some of them. I mean, last night you have Eric Ayala and Aaron Wiggins not on their game, but you have Daryl Morsell and Dante Scott yes. Ben Chippen. And then obviously but you don't need against... them all firing at the same night. Yes, and I, I even think that if they, even if Ayala, Wiggins, and Morsell all don't play great, or one of them, none of them play great, I still think if you have Jalen Smith and Cowan going, this team can 
pretty much run through the rest of the Big Ten. I mean, I think Michigan's playing better now. Ohio State just is getting ranked again. They're now 25th. But they showed what they were able to do in East Lansing, and I think that's that was probably the toughest game of the year in that energy, in that environment, college game day. I just think that the ability to just, for Anthony Cowan, the ability to just create shots and, I don't know. I think he's cementing himself as the best finisher in college basketball right now. And he's certainly cementing his legacy at Maryland. He's now eighth all-time in scoring. He's third all-time in three-pointers made. I could go on and on with just the different accolades that he's had. I mean, there's no question that you see his name hanging in the banners one day. And um, what's interesting is we talk about the streak this team is on. You mentioned that you know, you don't want them peaking too early. And I think this team, though, they realize they're not peaking. Every time we talk to them after any big win, they're not celebrating. They take a moment to celebrate in the locker room, but for the most part, you know, they're saying, like, we haven't done anything yet. Every day after practice, they told me, they get in a huddle, and they remind themselves that they have not done anything yet. Their end goal is a championship. And Turgeon has said it, players have said it, they don't think they've peaked yet. You know, they know that at the end of the day, their goal is to be hanging a banner in Xfinity Center, to be, you know, in a Final Four. And so that's one thing that's really impressed me. It's just this team's mentality that... We're going to find a way to win no matter what. And even with a big win over Michigan State, it doesn't matter. Like, we have bigger goals ahead, and we're we're going to focus on that. And I think that's really important is just the maturity of this group and how laser-focused they are on this end goal. And I think that's going to be really important. Um, and, you know, with that end goal, you now see Maryland moving up to a two-seed in basically every bracket out there. In um, a lot of brackets, as the number five or six overall. So, you know, we've talked about this before. We'll continue talking about it on the podcast as we wind down towards March. We have about less than a month, believe it or not, till Selection Sunday. Do you think Maryland can move up to a number one seed? I do. There's there's no reason why they shouldn't. I mean, they play, they're, they're the best team in the toughest conference in the country. That in itself should show why. They're better than Dayton just by who they play, and Dayton's a two right now. I think Dayton could also become a one, but it's going to it's not going to happen if they just they need to win obviously but it's not going to happen unless San Diego State loses a game or Kansas loses to Baylor maybe this weekend we'll talk about that too but i think Baylor pretty much will stay at the one um and i i just i think Maryland the talent they have it they have the record they have they have four losses that's the only thing right now they're the, the highest-ranked four-loss team. They're the highest-seeded four-loss team. So. And all those losses are to quad one. You look at a lot of those yes. teams, their losses are not the Without quad question, one. yes. But I think that's the only reason why they're not a one right now. But the talent is 100% there. And they they have another test of Michigan State. They play Michigan. They play at Rutgers, which is a very hard game. And they play at Ohio State. And Minnesota, at Minnesota. And at Minnesota. I mean, they have a hard remaining five games. But it's. It, I saw a tweet the other day. I don't know who tweeted it, but... He said they haven't uh, that Maryland basketball hasn't picked up any significant wins, and I was like, "Well, if you're the best team in the best conference, then is any win really significant? Because you're not beating anyone better than you technically." But then I, that's I think that's how he was looking at. Well, it. look at the net rankings. But look if at you any look at things. literally everything else, <laughs> this is the toughest conference day in and day out. I mean, yesterday there were two games that were decided by one offensive rebound that would have changed the game. And to go on a nine-win streak in this conference, it's, it's crazy. Which is their longest, I think, ever. 
um, in conference play. So this this team is is I think it's something different. People said that earlier in the year, but now I think it's time for people to actually start believing that. Right, I, I completely agree. And you you mentioned you know if Kansas loses, and I think that's the key. I think you're right. I think that at this point Baylor is locked into a number one seed. With the schedule that San Diego State faces, as much as I feel like they shouldn't be a number one seed, I think, you know, they probably have a good chance there. I mean, I guess we'll see. But what I'm seeing right now, looking at the latest bracketology, um, which, like we said, is Maryland as a two seed currently in the Midwest region. That would mean they're in Indianapolis twice. Pretty similar to what we talked about last time around. But before we dive into that, I have to say, like, I think that I think they have a chance to move up because of Kansas, right? So we talked about how Baylor is probably locked in. They're 24-1. and They now have beaten Kansas in the longest win streak uh, in their league, in the Big 12, and they're 13-0 in Big 12 play. Kansas's only loss in Big 12 has been to Baylor, and those two teams play each other on Saturday at 12 p.m. If Baylor wins that game, Kansas loses. Kansas then is... Uh, has another loss. They have four losses. And I think that if you then have Kansas and Maryland both ending with four losses, like let's say Maryland doesn't lose another game, or let's say they do and Kansas loses two more. I don't think that Kansas should have the number one seed over Maryland. I mean, if it's between teams with like this a very similar record, but one was in a tougher conference and um, was able to do what Maryland has done, I think that number one seed should go from Kansas to to Maryland. I want to see a game. Bet- I wish we could see a game between a team like Dayton and Maryland. I mean, yes, they have Obi Toppin, one of the best players in the nation, but and they ha- they have talent. I'm not saying they don't, but they don't play in the Big Ten. They play in the A10. I don't think the A10 is nearly as good as the Big Ten is, and I think everyone can agree with that. The toughest team they play is Rhode Island, and Maryland stomped on Rhode Island. So, I I just don't know why. Yes, they're winning, and that's why they're up there. But Maryland needs to be given some more recognition. And I think it's almost a good thing for the from the if you're a fan looking at this that they don't get recognition because all these fans think, oh, Maryland, you know, when they get the high ranking, they don't really live up to that, and that's what all Maryland fans think. But if they don't get as much recognition, they tend to play better almost. So I think that they're playing with the chip on their shoulder to get to that one seed. And they can seriously run through this tournament in March. Yes, this is the craziest year of college basketball I've seen in a long time. But Maryland has the pieces to win. And we talked about it on the uh, the preview basketball preview podcast. I don't remember... There were just so many things that went into this one specific recipe for, that every team in the last like 15 years has won a national title. It was like a senior point guard that's your leading scorer, a sophomore big man above six foot ten or six foot ten or taller that is their second leading scorer, whatever it was. I don't remember what it was, but there was so many different things that agreed or matched up with what Maryland has this year. So I think that this is a special team that can really do some things. And if Kansas loses to Baylor this weekend, which I think they will, um, just based on how good Baylor's been playing. And it's, and it's, and at, Baylor. it's at Baylor. So I really think that Maryland should be the team that moves up to the one seed. Um, 
and especially if they beat Ohio State this weekend, which I do think they will. Um, but it, it's just a lot of seeing what happens because this sport is just crazy. Yeah, and I think it's interesting now, you know, with how the Big Ten has been, it went from, you know, 12 teams to 10 now projected and then seven from the Big East. And, you know, so Maryland still has that big jump. But, I mean, you've just kind of seen how these teams have just eaten each other out. And I do have to point out also looking at this bracketology that two teams Maryland faced early in the season and beat handedly uh, in Marquette and Rhode Island are both, you know, projected to be pretty good seeds. You have Rhode Island as a nine and Marquette as a five projected right now. And I, I think that says a lot. Um you know, we didn't necessarily think the non-conference schedule would be great, but those are two teams Maryland beat that, you know, are going to be in the tournament that seem to pretty much be locks at this point. Yeah, I mean, the, the wins that they had earlier in the year, that should be taken into account come Selection Sunday, not just how they're running through the Big Ten, but their non-conference play also. I mean, like losing on the road to Seton Hall, that wasn't a bad loss at all. Yes, they played really poorly in that game, but they only lost by four. And Seton Hall is one of the best players in the nation as well. That's a loss that isn't bad. Marquette win is something that's so... That, that's a big win, I mean... That game will always stick out to me. Yeah, that, that's a game that sticks out just because they have the nation's... They, I don't know if he's... Is Marcus Howard still leading the nation in scoring? I'm I, not sure. I'm not sure, but at the time he was. So that's a big win. Rhode Island was, you said just now, they're going to be in this tournament. That's a big win. I mean, I mean teams like Bryant that they played and, and Holy Cross, I don't think those should be considered huge wins because, and, and Fairfield too. But the, the teams that Maryland beat in their non-conference schedule that will get into this tournament, those need to be taken into account on Selection Sunday. And let's also take into account that not a single team that Maryland lost to is not in this bracket, right? Lower than an eight seed, right? You've got two of the teams they lost to in Seton Hall and Penn State, both as three seeds, both away games, right? Then you've got Iowa and Wisconsin, also both away games, as a seven and an eight seed. I mean, it, I think that's what sticks out about Maryland is you look at the, you know, quad losses and the quad wins and, and they just stick out in that regard um, more so than any other team. And so that's what really stands out to me is that I don't think you can point to any losses team has had and say Maryland lost to a bad team. Like, I just don't think they've lost to any bad t teams. I mean, and you can see it through the tournament. Yeah, you're right. I mean... That in itself should show. You say, I mean, you you say the the quad one losses and whatever, but people need to notice this more by looking at this bracket and saying that in each region, Maryland, the teams that Maryland has lost to are in the top half of that region. Each region, um, they're the low as low as eight, which is there's sixteen teams on each in each region, so. That is just, I think that's crazy almost. I don't know if there's a team, another team in the country that, I mean, obviously San Diego State's undefeated. Dayton probably, I don't know who Dayton has lost to, but like there, there's other teams that probably don't have as good of a resume as Maryland does. Um, and I still think that it, it, it sticks out to me. They're the best team in the best conference. 
And that logically should mean that they go into the top of the bracket. Right. So as we dig deeper into that, we mentioned that Kansas has this matchup against Baylor coming up. And then looking at their schedule, because honestly, I think it's between, I think if there's anyone that Maryland is going to beat out for the number one seed, I think that it is Kansas. Gonzaga is not going anywhere. Baylor, I don't think, is going anywhere, even if they do end up losing to Kansas. And it seems like people are set on San Diego State, even though their schedule is pretty awful. I mean, you look at their schedule, and it's 100, 105th strength of schedule. Um, Gonzaga's 165th, according to um, this bracket big board I found. But, you know, I would want to double-check that. But, you know, I just don't think that you're going to... I think Kansas is the one that's going to fall out, or San Diego State, if San Diego State somehow loses a game, which I don't know if that's really possible. But looking at Kansas's schedule versus Maryland... You know, you have Kansas at number one Baylor on Saturday. I, I don't think there's any way they win that game. Uh, then they're, you know, versus Oklahoma State, Kansas State, uh, TCU. They could probably win those. And then I think they could possibly use lose at Texas Tech. Um, so, like, their two toughest games coming up are on the road. And then you look at Maryland. They've got at Ohio State and at Minnesota. Um, and then, you know, playing Michigan State at home, at Rutgers, and then versus Michigan at home. I mean, realistically, the only game I see them really losing is at Rutgers and I say that fully knowing that anything can happen in this league but I just think with the momentum they have right now and with the mentality they have right now I think they can go in and beat no ranked Ohio State team on the road um and I think that they should be fine against Michigan State at home that's going to have an insane home crowd for that so Rutgers is really the only one I'm worried about there just because you know that's such a hard building to play in yeah I mean we saw it last year. That was a very tight game, and it, it is every year that the rack is. I hate to say it because I don't, I don't like Rutgers, but um, they, they seem to play well at home. They're much better this year, but I think, yeah, I I, I would point the, either that game out, or honestly Michigan as well. They're they're playing a lot better if Livers continues to play and and provide something for that team. They could come into College Park and, and win, but but if if you look at the storyline in that game with Anthony Cowan's final home game, I I also don't see that happening. I feel like he could drop seventy points in that game. Seventy points, not actually, but <laughs> there's not enough time in in college basketball. But I think that they could they could win out, but that that's not going to happen. I don't think because this league is just so crazy and. So many different things. Well, they are will win the conference title. Like, how is Ohio State ranked if they have eight losses? I don't know. They've had the most up and down season. It's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. But I, I think if Maryland, they're not. They what? They've won nine straight now. Their longest win streak of the year was ten games, which is their first ten games of the year. So they now have two road tests to make it their longest winning streak of the year. So I can I could see that happening. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into some of those wins starting off with Michigan State. I was there. Crazy environment. Michigan State is celebrating the 2000 National Championship. Really loud crowd. Maryland is leading through the first half. At the end of the first half, they have the largest lead that they've ever had um, at Breslin Students Event Center at the half. And then they, something we've seen from this team lately is they kind of struggle a bit in the second half, you know, and they allow Michigan State to tie it. But then they go on a 14-0 run to end the game with a 6-3 and then a 3 from Cowan. Um, and then two three throws. So it's just pretty impressive. Um, But I do have to say, is it a concern that they're struggling a little bit in second halves now? It seemed like it's the opposite storyline of what was going on earlier in the season. 
I just don't think that they've had a complete 40 minutes except for Marquette. And it, that's going to happen. I mean, it, it's a game of, of runs. And I think that's what the Maryland women's basketball coach, Brenda Freeze, always says. It's always a game of runs. So that that's exactly what basketball is. Teams are going to get on runs. They're not. They're going to get beat in on runs, and they're not going to score for a while. It could be a good run or a bad run. That's just how basketball works. But I think... In this game specifically, coming out in the second half, that that's just the hardest environment, in my opinion, besides playing in College Park. A game like that with with there's just so much intensity in that game against Michigan State and East. Lansing. And the coaching of Tom Izzo. Yeah, there's there's so much going on that I kind of expected that a little bit. I I knew Michigan State was going to come out and just nail everything and make it a game. Um, and they took the lead, and they have the talent to do that. They have the coaching to do that. They have the fans behind them. They had this crazy loud place, and I think that Maryland did a very good job of being resilient, and I don't think it matters that they get on bad runs. I think it matters that they get on better runs and, and are resilient and can change it, and that's what a championship team does. I think Tom Izzo said championship teams make championship plays, and they did that tonight. Um he said something like that, and he called them a championship team. I think that is high praise. That it, it can happen, but I mean, this is just Anthony Cowan just being an absolute animal. I just did not. I'm, I was watching the game from home. I did not expect any of those three pointers to go in at the end. See, everyone in the press box was thinking like they're going to lose the whole time, and I said this to Bino. I said it to. Eric Ayala yesterday, and he was very happy. I said it. I didn't think that Maryland was ever losing that I game. I thought they'd win the game, but I didn't think that those three-pointers, like, I didn't think that they'd all go in. There was no way that they were all going to go in, and somehow he did that. Because he just gets like that, and, I, like, there's been comparisons to Juan Dixon with just the way he's just able he's, to end games. and, and Yeah, I don't think anyone else like ends that. games the way he does. I, I, I saw a tweet from uh, Emily Giambalo from The Post. She said that, Anthony Cowan is 10 of 16. This was going into last night, so I don't know what, if it if he attempted a three in the last three minutes, but he's 10 of 16 after Michigan State on three-pointers in the final three minutes of games this year. That is just efficiency. I mean, he's so talented at the end of games that he sometimes you look up at the scoreboard and he has like six points in the first half. He'll score all his points in the second half. And he did that one game where he, he didn't even score in the first half. I don't remember which game it was. And he finished like 19 points. So he's just, he, he's, so it's just resiliency. I mean, playing from behind, you don't, this team can't be counted out, I feel like. Yeah, and they've said that to me several times, that they never think that they're going to lose, like, lose a game. They always know that they're going to find whatever it takes to grind a win out. And in timeouts of that game, they didn't talk about the possibility of losing. They talked about, look, we're going to shut them down defensively and we're going to hit a couple shots. I mean, this team just has this mentality. And I, you know, went into the Michigan State as an open locker room, which is splendid. It's just incredible. I love open locker rooms. And uh, I went in and talked to a bunch of the guys and I talked to Tillman and Cassius who have been around Maryland teams for several years. Cassius was around that 20 you know, the 2016 team, the 2016-17 team. He's been around some really good Maryland teams. And, um, you know, I asked them, like, how does this Maryland team compare to past years? Like, what is their – and 
they talked about how this team is just so much tougher than any Maryland team they face that in the past, Maryland would come into their building, Michigan State would go on a run, and Maryland would just kind of let up and ease up. And they didn't this time around because this team just has this mentality of they're going to find whatever way it takes to win. And that is what makes me think that this is going to be a championship team. I mean, and I'm, I talked about this in an article I did recently, like at the beginning of the season, we thought that depth was going to be the key to this team, but it isn't. The key to this team is that they have the mentality to fight back no matter what. They were down seven and going on a 14-0 run in the final three minutes. Like, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. I've never seen that. I don't think I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've never heard of that even. And that's something that gets recognition nationwide. I mean. Yeah, they're they, they're trending. They're blowing yeah. up. That that blows up 14 straight. And, and I, people are saying, oh, you know, the whole year people are saying Mark Turgeon is not a good. His whole, he outcoached his whole Tom Izzo. He is the single reason why they won that game. Are you a Terp apologist account? I'm not. I really want to know who it is. It's not me. If you're the Turp Apologist account, because I'm sure you're listening to this podcast, will you please let us know who you are? I really want to know. All right. <laughs> anyway. That three-pointer at the top of the key for Jalen Smith, which was the first bucket of the 14-0 run, um, that was all Turgeon. He drew up a play or called out a play, whatever they had, and I literally watched Jalen Smith the entire sequence. I wasn't watching anyone else. Off the ball, on the ball, it didn't matter. He set a couple screens, and then he popped out for the three wide open. Nails it. I knew that was going to go in, too. And that was the, the momentum sparker, I think. They they needed that. They needed some life. They really. It didn't seem like they were hitting big shots in the second half. And then, bang, it just happened. And I think they were able to have just shut down defense i mean did michigan state score late no, in the game didn't. i don't think they, they did. won a 14-0 run I, how long that probably had to be the last three minutes it was or so. over the last yeah. three minutes so i think that that was the spark and then that corner three from anthony cowan which was his first of the three three-pointers that was also another play that i thought was coach drawn or it, it was a set piece for for cowan to get open and he wasn't even that open. He just that that was on him for nailing that. But to get the shot was all Mark Turgeon and all of his coaching, and he he coached a win. And I think that that's so impressive against Tom Izzo. So right, and let's go back to what we said at the beginning of the season, right? What did we say were the keys to Maryland going really far this year? We said coaching adjustments. We said Cowan being unselfish, but also making the big plays when needed. Um, we said limiting turnovers. I mean, all of those things have happened. Every single one of those things has happened. I mean, you look at this current streak, and, like, the only game that they've had double-digit turnovers in was Nebraska, and that was just a really bad second half. I mean, last night, they had five. Against Michigan State, uh, sorry, they, they did have double digits. They had ten, but still. I mean, that's, like, one of their highest on this current streak. And I think that's been really crucial. And then, you know, Cowan was just incredible. He wins Big Ten Player of the Week for the third time this season. First time a Maryland player has won conference weekly honors three times a season since Grievous Vasquez in uh, 2010. It's just so impressive the season that he's having. And, you know, no matter what, he's not soaking in any of it. He wants a championship at the end of the day, and this team is hungry. And and that's what's going to matter at the end of the day. I think even nobody really looks at it. 
assists or passing or uh, that in itself, not the st- not the stat of the actual assist that he have that he has, but the way he's passing the ball, and I think that that is the best he's done of his career right now. Especially last night. I mean, there were a couple plays where it was a pick and roll. Jalen Smith had an alley oop, and the way that Cowan just was able to get it right over the the defender's hand is he's got to be one of the best passers now in the country too. And I've been really impressed with Darren Morsell's passing as of yeah. late. He had a tied a career high against Michigan State with six, and then last night he had seven, uh, which set a new career high. So that's been really impressive from him as well. And he only scored one point against Michigan State. And that is the way he was passing, obviously. That that was so impressive to have a tie a career high. But that's the way he does it. He, he doesn't have bad games. But he could be streaky in one category, whether in this case it, he didn't score. He only had one point, but he, he passed better. He assisted on plays. He played defense great. So he, he's the definition of a guy that you need on your team. And it doesn't and have to be And his defense on Cassius Winston it was incredible. Incredible. It doesn't just have to be scoring from him. He does everything. He, he does everything else. Well, but he still scores, I mean, I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know the correct wording for this, but if he's not doing one category, he's doing everything else. Well, I think that's the thing with the with you know Dante Scott, Eric Ayala, Daryl Morsell, and Aaron Wiggins, right? Like we have not had a game where all four of them are firing on all cylinders. But even if a couple aren't doing well, they're finding other ways to contribute, whether that be defensively, whether that be scoring, assisting, grabbing rebounds, you know. And so I think that's a really important key when we're talking about the depth and people are concerned about it it's not just scoring that matters. And so it's one thing if you've got two really good players and no one else can grab a rebound or defend, but that's not the case. It's just sometimes the shots aren't falling for everyone. That doesn't mean you don't have depth because they're contributing in so many other ways. I mean, the shots are going to fall. That's 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 the game of basketball. Not everything goes in, but it almost felt like that second half, that, that side of the court, because Michigan State wasn't shooting that well in the first half, it, I felt like that rim or something was was a little off. I don't know, because it went both sides. That Only that okay, side. Matt. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but I think that they don't... I said it earlier. They don't need the production from all of those players to, to be good. So it, if they do get it from all of those players... And that's they're why they're not at their insane. peak yet. Because yeah. they're not having that. No, you're right. That's that's probably the best point I've heard. So you, you've convinced me now that they're not at their peak. They're not. And I think this team can do so much more. I mean, you've seen really positive spurts from Wiggins and Ayala as of late. And then you have a game like against Northwestern where they have two and three points and really are off. But and I, I also want to look at how they def- defensively completely shut down the role players, not even the role players, but like Aaron Henry, he's a, he's a first round pick. Rocket Watts only had five points in this game. It was Tillman and Winston, their two best players, who had eighteen and fourteen respectively. After that, the highest was nine from Aaron Henry. And they forced Cassius Winston into four turnovers, which like never happens with him. Yeah, so they really contained everyone else except Michigan State's two best players. They were able to contain everyone else, which is the key to win games. And it's different for Maryland because I feel like if you contain everyone else, Jalen Smith and Anthony Cowan can win a game. But in this case, Tillman and Winston couldn't. So I think that's a little interesting, uh, a point that... But Winston also, they held him to shoot 5 of 13. 
that's not he's usually a lot better than that mm-hmm. so I think that this defense is whatever they're doing is just incredible right now yeah and then you look at Northwestern another win 76-67 you, you said this before we started recording in that it never even though Maryland let them get within four at one point it never really felt that it was a close game Sure, some people were looking for more of a blowout, but I mean, you look at Northwestern, yes, they've lost a ton of games, but they, they have made those games somewhat close, especially on the road as of late. So I thought Maryland played well again, a bit of a struggle in the second half, but they then got it together and were really able to, you know, look good. And this was a game where you're just having um, Aaron Wiggins and Eric Ayala completely off in terms of shooting, but you're still able to. Um, pull out a huge win and I think that says a lot Jalen Smith had a monstrous game 20 points and 19 rebounds he was one away from getting a rebound and they were joking post game that uh Daryl stole one of his rebounds he did and uh they're giving they're going back and forth about it it was really funny um and you know Cowan had another huge night um as well he ended with 19 points um and in addition to Jalen's points he also had two blocks and two steals uh, Cowan had five assists, Morcel had seven assists, seven rebounds, and 13 points, and a steal on his 21st birthday, and Dante Scott had was one shy of his career high with 12 points, um, and sorry, Aaron Wiggins had seven points, and Eric Ayala had three points, but they were just kind of both off a little bit, um, but this was, this was a good game for Maryland, I think, just in terms of they never gave up at all. They never like really let they them in. They never folded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even and that's, though it was that's a what three we found about this team. Game, I just, like I said, it, it wasn't that close. If and five turnovers too was huge. Yeah, I'm. It, you can't say enough about Jalen Smith though. the The last Terp that had a 2020 game was Joe Smith in the second round out of the 1995 NCAA tournament against Texas. And I saw Jalen Smith. They were. I think Cowan was dribbling the ball out. Um, dribbling the clock out rather and Jalen Smith looks up at the at the Jumbotron at Xfinity Center and he sees 19 rebounds and I, I saw him point his uh, a wand on his finger and noting that he needed one more rebound he really wanted it he like he, he almost didn't have he had like a a reaction like oh I wish I got it kind of thing like but 22 and 19 is the best game anyone had last night it's one of the best games anyone's had all year in the country so he's really just becoming unstoppable and mark turgeon actually said this last night after the game which was the first time i heard him really comment on how good jalen smith has been and he said he didn't expect him to be this good when he came in as a freshman he didn't expect this to be the level of play that jalen smith had and he said even two months ago, and or even as early as November in the season, he didn't expect the jump to happen so quick like this. I mean, this is just incredible. It really is. And he shot 8 for 14 from the floor as well, which is really good. He almost looked like he was playing at like the park. That's what it kind of yeah. looked like. The only thing I'm concerned about is it seems like his three-point shooting has gone down, but I think that's just because of the way he's being guarded, and I think... I'd like to be seeing him a bit more accurate from deep, but besides that, he's looked really, really good. Yeah, I mean, one of five. I mean, I, like, yes, he he was, he was almost too good for a while. In a couple, of, <laughs> like, I think he he's gonna knock those down. But he he made every free throw last night. 
19 rebounds is just so the rebounds is what wins games that helps especially offensive he had six which led the team and that led the floor and it kept so many plays alive yeah it led to so many like second chance points yeah and that that 15 second chance points and a lot of those were because of Jalen. oh yeah so and then you you have a quiet 19 points i feel like from anthony cowan he knocked down he only shot four of ten but Nine of eleven from the free throw line. He's probably the best at getting to the line in the Big Ten. I think he's leading in free throws made and free throws attempted, and that's from a, a six foot listed at six foot, which he's not, but a guard that just goes inside. He's like a pest almost. Just I've never seen him this quick too. He gets by every defender and just goes to the rim and he can get fouled. And there were like I think three baskets where he didn't. He didn't finish the end one, um, where the the ball he got fouled and the ball rolled around the rim and fell out. And he's he, every time he's like, "Oh, I wish I got that one in." Like that there were just so many times where that probably would have electrified them even more. The end ones that momentum would have made them win this game by so much, and this just didn't fall, which that happens. But he still was able to knock down all but two free throws. He's been unstoppable. He's now eight sole possession of eighth all time on the Maryland scoring list. He did that last night. He passed Tom McMillan. So there's, and he, he also scored his uh, 1800th career point, which I think only nine other players have done. So, I mean, this is just for seven other, I don't know if it was seven or nine other players, but he's, he's incredible and he's having an incredible year. Yeah. I mean, you look at this game, Maryland would have, it would have been much more if they hadn't shot one for 13 from three in the second half. And but again, like I think, yes, they're going to be shooting better come down a stretch, but I'm not too concerned about that right now. I just think that this team is just really, really looking good right now. But like I said, I don't think they're hitting their stride. Um, and, and so I guess we'll look at, you know, moving on to the next game. Uh, I will be there covering. They're going to be at uh, number 25, Ohio State. I, Ohio State is a team that has just had such a crazy season. Um you know, at one point, they're being talked about as the number one team in the country. Once this podcast comes out, they'll have played Iowa, and so we won't know whether they, at this point, whether they win or lose that, but it's going to be at number 20 Iowa. I don't know if they can win that, but they've won uh, five of their last six as of right now, and they're looking pretty good. I mean, you have them talking about for being the number one, and then they go on just a really, really bad start to Big Ten play. Um, they lose to Wisconsin, they lose at Maryland, they lose to Indiana, they, pay, they only pick up a win at Nebraska, but then lose at Penn State, lose against Minnesota, um, and so they were really, really struggling, and now they're kind of hitting their groove again, so it'll be interesting to see um, how this team looks when Maryland plays them, because it's just been a team that's been so up and down, um, but I, I, I think that with the way Maryland has been with four consecutive road games, I think this is another win they can pick up. You know, Ohio State isn't known as one of the tougher environments to play at in the Big Ten. It just isn't. Um, they're always going to be more of a football school. And so I think they can pick up the win here, but it's definitely going to be an interesting game. I think it's kind of hard to know what Ohio State team you're going to get. I think it's it's so they, – they've just been so up and down. They had an injury. It, um, Young had a appendicitis at one point. And DJ Carton um, – he's he left the program temporarily for mental health issues so i don't know obviously nobody knows if he's going to play in this game on sunday they don't know if he's even playing tonight um 
or tomorrow rather. But props so to him the, for doing that. And, yes. And I think that was a great decision and like no one should be criticizing him for that. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's, it's just so up in the air that I think they need it. If they have him, they're, they're obviously a much better team. Um, and they play at Iowa Thursday. So when this podcast comes out, it'll be that night. Um, I think that's that's another huge wow, game in this conference. Wow, today is Wednesday. For some reason, I was thinking it's Thursday. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. But that, <laughs> Ohio State and Iowa, they're only half a game separates them. Uh, Iowa's 18-8, and eight, Ohio State's 17-8. and eight. That's overall record. Um, I think that's a, that's a huge game. That can decide how or what kind of Ohio State team comes on Sunday. For sure. But I think... That's a game Maryland should handle, and they've they've won four straight road games now. They have all this momentum. It's it's a new new team when they they couldn't win a road game early in the year. That was kind of like the joke, and they lost four straight road games to start, and now they've won four straight. So, I I think they were able to beat them when they were at their be- almost their best. Ohio, when Ohio State was almost at their best as the number 11 team in the country, Maryland beat them. Maryland is now much better than they were at that point in the season, and Ohio State is worse. So I think Maryland will win this game. Yeah, they you know they beat them 67 to 55. They looked good in that game. That was Maryland's first ranked matchup of the season, 12 versus 11. Um and <clears throat> yeah, I mean I I think Maryland can win this game if they just keep the same mentality that they have I think they looked you know good against Caleb Wesson even though he did have 15 points I I don't think his field goal percentage was that great and um they were able to shut down a lot of the other guys as well I'm I'm confident for Maryland going into this game but you do never know with a Big Ten road game and because Ohio State is unpredictable that's also kind of a factor that you know you don't know um but I mean you look at that game and Caleb Wesson was 5 for 13 from the floor um with 15 points and they're able to limit a lot of their guys. Um, DJ Carton was six for 15. Andre Wesson was six for 11 with 14 points, but I mean, they were able to limit a ton of their guys. They forced Ohio state into 14 turnovers and, and Maryland themselves. I, I thought they looked really good in that game. Um, they did have 16 turnovers themselves in that game. That was kind of before they figured all of that out. But, um, Anthony Cowan had a big game of 20 points Jalen Smith uh, had 11.7 rebounds. Darren Morsell had 10 points. Um, you had Dante Scott and Aaron Wiggins with 7 points and Eric Ayala with 9 points. Um, and Troll Mariel, I thought he actually, he played uh, like 4 minutes in that game. He didn't score, but I thought he actually looked pretty decent defensively with 2 blocks and 2 rebounds. Yeah, I mean, he, it's it's so weird with him because he, like last night, I don't think he, he looked like he could handle being on the floor, but in that in a game like that, a game against Indiana, that's when he looked really good. It, I just I don't know. I I don't know what's gonna happen with him because I still think he's juggling some injury pain and he's he just looks slow, but he's also huge. So I think that that's interesting. If he plays in this game, how well he would play and if he can guard on. I would assume he he would come in if if Caleb Wesson is sitting. Um, that's usually I think that's when he came in in the first game. Um, I I think that he's a guy that will be here 
for a while, I would say. I don't know. I, I don't know how healthy he gets, how quick, but he he. I really don't know what to say about him because he just doesn't look a hundred percent. And and it's I can't tough really, with the injuries yeah, he's had, I, you know. I can't really say anything about it, but he's he's just huge. I think that's that's a guy that could spark energy like the whole if this was a home game all the students love when he comes in and they chant for him so even just to use him as a, a guy that can just spark a, a momentum burst i think that's a good a good piece that you can have yeah for sure um you know even if it's just coming in and giving some good minutes defensively or whatever even if it's, his timing is still a little off i think it still helps to have him in it can still throw some teams off there but yeah I mean there's a chance Maryland loses this game it, it is a road game it is a unpredictable Ohio State team but I do think they have the capability to win this game yeah I agree and if you want to do you want to make a exact prediction or you don't want I don't know I don't know mm. if you want to be wrong I'm gonna say Maryland wins let's see so first game was 67-55 I'm gonna say Maryland wins um. Why do you make me do this? <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. Maryland will win 70 to 60. All right, I'm going to say 66 to 59. We'll have to see. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be back and we'll recap that game, and then after that, will be a huge matchup against Michigan State. So, which could be game day. Yep, we still don't know. We'll find out this weekend. So, we'll have all of the coverage from all that's going on with Maryland men's basketball, women's basketball, and all the spring sports as well on our site, testudotimes.com. We thank you for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time.